Welcome to episode 208 of the TruthQuest podcast, the truth about the climate change agenda. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and see discussions about the COVID vaccine, the Articles of Confederation, the Second Amendment, Roe v. Wade, or the Doomsday Cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, please share the TruthQuest podcast with your friends. Tell them to browse the episode titles and dive into whatever topic piques their interest. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Rumble, and Instagram where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment to give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Recent events in Sri Lanka and the Netherlands spurred the production of this episode. There are several globalist groups, including the United Nations, the Club of Rome, the World Economic Forum, Bill Gates Foundation, and others, who set random targets for carbon and methane emissions, as well as the use of nitrogen, which is basically fertilizer, all in the name of saving the planet from mankind in the name of climate change. These groups draft unenforceable treaties like the Kyoto Protocol and the Paris Climate Accord. Weak-kneed, woke leaders sign these so-called treaties and adopt these random targets and set their countries on a path to starvation and economic collapse, which is perfectly fine with these globalist groups for reasons we will uncover shortly. To quickly recap, Sri Lanka is an island nation of 22 million people, and it used to be self-sufficient in food. The president had to flee the country recently in order to avoid being killed because his presidential palace was overrun as food shortages and rising prices caused by an ill-conceived shift to woke organic agriculture last year. The government banned all synthetic agrochemicals, including fertilizers and pesticides, which of course crushed crop yields and rightfully riled up the population. Similarly, in the Netherlands, tens of thousands of farmers are currently protesting because the government there is essentially putting 30% of them out of business, all in an effort to hit the random globalist emission standards, specifically targeting nitrogen and ammonia. I want to start by laying the foundation of climate change and the agenda of those who push this poppycock. Let's start with a history lesson, which will prove to you that this agenda is nothing new. The evolution of the alarmist claims went from global cooling to global warming, and when neither of those panned out, they streamlined their vocabulary to climate change and extreme weather, which affords them the ability to continue making broad, unsubstantiated claims about man's impact on the Earth's weather, or I'm sorry, climate. Consider this. In the late 19th century, the New York Times regularly ran stories about fluctuating weather patterns. In 1922, the Washington Post ran a story about the warming Arctic Ocean and the growing scarcity of icebergs. In 1923, the Chicago Tribune reported a Yale professor's claim that North America would disappear as far south as the Great Lakes, and huge parts of Asia and Europe would be wiped out due to, quote, another world ice epoch. 
That same year, Time Magazine warned of a new ice age. In 1937, the New York Times reported a mysterious warming of the climate. And again, in a 1958 article, it warned of a steady warming of climate over the last half century. In 1961, the New York Times reported on a cooling climate. The Los Angeles Times ran a similar story in 1962. In 1970, Life magazine reported that, quote, by 1985, air pollution will have reduced the amount of sunlight reaching Earth by one half. On Earth Day 1970, Paul Ehrlich said, quote, in 10 years, all important animal life in the sea will be extinct. Large areas of coastline will have to be evacuated because of the stench of dead fish. Again in 1970, Newsweek and Life magazine reported on increasing air pollution, dust, cloud cover, and water vapor that will usher in a new ice age as it blocks sunlight from hitting the earth. In 1971, the Washington Post warned that the burning of fossil fuels will screen out the sun's rays and trigger another ice age. In the April 28, 1975 edition of Newsweek, they warned of global cooling. In 1978, the New York Times reported that the cooling trend of the last 30 years has no end in sight. Throughout the 1980s, the fear porn typically focused on acid rain that would kill off life in the freshwater lakes. In 1986, the San Jose Mercury News warned of global warming, complete with heat waves, loss of shoreline, and disease. In the year 2000, scientists at the Climate Research Unit in Britain stated that snowfall was a thing of the past and that the next generation would not know what snow was. In 2008, NASA scientists argued that the Arctic would be ice-free by the year 2018. How we went from pollution causing the Earth to cool to pollution causing global warming remains a mystery, but the globalists remain undeterred. They don't need logic on their side because the mainstream alphabet soup conspiracy media never challenges their baseless, childish, immature assumptions. So today we're sitting in the warming phase of hysteria. Way back in episode 7, The Truth About Climate Change, I laid out the following fact pattern. The claim goes something like this. Carbon dioxide builds up in the atmosphere and creates a greenhouse effect over the Earth. Because of this greenhouse effect, the Earth will heat up, or cool down depending on what decade we're reporting in. Because of the rising temperatures, all sorts of bad things will happen, like melting glaciers. Large tracts of Amazon rainforest will be wiped out. Coastal flooding. Killer superstorms. Spreading tropical disease and starvation. Because man produces carbon dioxide... And because of these dire consequences, something must be done. That something is always some sort of freedom and economy-killing scheme of carbon taxes and limitations on the use of fossil fuels, and now methane and nitrogen. Lifestyles must be changed, of course. The car we drive must be changed. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? I mean, currently we have the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, purposely restricting the supply of oil, so gas prices will go through the roof. Notice the only solution they offer is to buy an $80,000 electric vehicle. Never to increase oil supplies. It's kind of like their remedy for COVID. The only solution is to take the shot. There are no other solutions. Let's start with some basic facts and consider some things we know for sure. We know that temperature increases have been nominal over the last 15 years. As a matter of fact, global temperatures have risen only one degree Celsius in the last century. We know that there are no conclusive evidence that humans caused that rise. We know that there are benefits to a warming planet. And 
we never consider other factors other than man-made that may be causing the slight warming of the planet such as sun activity. Fact is, the Earth's temperature has always ebbed and flowed from cooling to warming. There are ice ages and warming periods. For the past 10,000 years, we've been going through a warming period. The warming of the Earth did not start with the Industrial Age in the 20th century. According to a study released in 2006, the increase in temperatures cited by the NOAA and NASA coincide directly with an increase in solar activity over the course of the past 100 years. Beyond that, scientists have discovered that solar activity in 2022 is outpacing previous predictions, meaning overall solar activity has been increasing at the same time as the Earth has been warming. Imagine that. Climate scientists continue to discount the sun as the cause because they say there's not enough evidence to support the idea. Of course, there's not enough data because all the money goes to scientists that support the man-made theory. There's no funding to be had for scientists that present alternative theories. Again, this climate agenda is no different than the Covidian cult behavior around the vaccine. Government is a blunt instrument. It's a one-trick pony. Climate change is real, even though the evidence is for shit. Human beings are causing this change. Therefore, we must curb human activity. COVID is very deadly, despite the fact that the death rates are infinitesimal. The only way to address this not-so-deadly virus is through vaccines that come from pharmaceutical companies that stand to make billions upon billions of dollars, who have plowed millions upon millions of dollars into the campaign coffers of our national political leaders. Before we employ vast and oppressive regulations on energy usage, raise taxes, and drive up our utility bills, before we devastate and cripple the economy by sucking trillions of dollars out of it to combat this so-called pending disaster, shouldn't we be damn sure that the data we are basing our assumptions on is accurate and not agenda-driven? The answer to that question from a sane and logical person is hell yes but to the power-hungry authoritarians who seem to run governments all around the world, the answer is sit down and shut up. Do as we say. Don't you dare question the narrative, or you will be censored, scorned, and ridiculed. It's the same playbook as they did with COVID. Why is it we never hear the benefits of a warming planet from these environmental wackos? I mean, after all, if there is warming, doesn't that mean the ability to grow more food? Writer Matt Ridley puts it this way, quote, the biggest benefit of omissions is global greening, the increase year after year of green vegetation on the land surface of the planet. Forests grow more thickly, greenlands more richly, and scrub more rapidly. This has been measured using satellites and on-the-ground recording of plant growth rates. It is happening in all habitats, from tundra to rainforest. In the four decades since 1982, NASA data showed that global greening has added 618,000 square kilometers of extra green leaves each year. That's the equivalent to three Great Britons. I bet Greta Thunberg didn't tell you that. He goes on to explain that the reason for this global greening is extra carbon dioxide in the air as opposed to 40 years ago. So we're seeing a greening in some of the poorest places on the planet like the Sohal region of Africa. Isn't that wonderful? that there will be more food for people? Of course it is if you're a God-fearing or compassionate or logic-driven person, but not to the environmental Nazis. Another truth that the alphabet soup conspiracy media and the environmental Nazis will not tell you is that cold weather kills about 20 times as many people as hot weather. And guess how people escape freezing to death? 
They use electricity and natural gas to power their furnaces and heaters, two things that the wacko greenies want to limit. Do you remember what happened in Texas a couple years ago? Over 200 people died due to freezing temperatures because their power grid failed. A grid driven by windmills. Turns out windmills not only don't work when the wind isn't blowing, but they freeze under extreme cold temperatures and people die. The truth about global warming climate change is it is being used as a vehicle. It is a means to an end. That being the further centralization of power and control in the hands of a few. Essentially, a tool for authoritarians to gather and amass more power and more control without saying it out loud. Climate science is not about saving the planet. It is about creating an excuse to micromanage every aspect of human production and thus human society. Think about all the hypocritical politicians and celebrities that fly around the globe on their private jets to a vacation and attend bullshit global conferences. If they cared about man's impact on the planet, they wouldn't fly at all. But see, the John Kerry's and the Leonardo DiCaprio's of the world are too important to be held to the standards that us low-life plebeians are held to. See, they are superior. They are at the top of the power and wealth totem pole. They will suffer none of the consequences that result from the policies they push. If these environmental Nazis cared about a cleaner planet and human flourishing, they would push for more nuclear power plants, since that is the cleanest form of energy. Instead, they have blocked new nuclear power plants from being built for decades. Similarly, they would promote and push fracking for natural gas, which burns cleaner than fossil fuels. Instead, they limit drilling. And if they were really concerned, they would invest in nuclear fusion, which is likely the energy production method of the future. But they do none of these things because they don't care about you or me. They are a one-trick pony, mass suffering or nothing. In order for us to hit these artificially set emission standards, people of the world will incur tremendous suffering. We are living through the beginning stages of it now with gas prices here in the United States and around the world. They are purposely being elevated. Once these artificially set standards are met, we will see mass starvation. Consider Sri Lanka and Netherlands as an early warning alarm. Our entire system of trade is built on fossil fuels. How do you think your food gets delivered to your local grocery store? Diesel-fueled trucks. How do you think food is imported? Diesel-run freighter ships. All of these changes might not be a big deal if the human race was shrunk by a few billion people, which brings us to a whole other world economic forum-led belief that there are too many humans on the planet already, and we are ruining Mother Earth. Their little G-God is the environment. In the sick and twisted minds of these lunatics, mass starvation is a small price to pay for saving the planet. These are the same people who are pro-abortion. Kill them before they start exhaling carbon dioxide and eating meat and driving fossil fuel-driven cars. Don't believe anything these people say about climate change. They are liars, propagandists, and authoritarians masquerading as champions of the environment. They don't give two shits about the environment. They only care about two things power and control. Climate change is just the vehicle to obtain more of both. And that's the truth about the climate change agenda. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.